Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building, nigga. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, previewing the 2019 RBC Canadian Open up at Hamilton Golf Club in in Ontario, Canada. I'm going to go with that one there because I couldn't pronounce the other one. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, interesting field. To break it down, as always, my co-host, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing? Doing well, man. I thought we were switching roles and I was going to become the the host and you were going to be the more quote-unquote expert given uh, your recent run here. Nah, we won't go there. If it would have held on on Sunday, I'd let you talk about it, but no. It, uh, I appreciate the, the kind thoughts, but the last, <laughs> few, the last few weeks have been very good. It's just, uh, and they're still winning weeks, but uh, it's just been the story of the season where my, my good lineups go into Sunday. Usually it's Saturday and Sunday. This time it was just Sunday, and they all decide that they're not going to play golf. They're just they're content with being even par over par for the day. Yep. And it really takes you out. I was as high as fifth place in the $3 three max on Saturday. Uh, I had a three, uh, I had one at fifth place and one in 71st place. I had two six of sixes. Both of them ended up, um, I think one was like 76 and one was like 100 and something. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it hurt. I get it. It hurt. It was a weird week, man. I, uh, I had one six of six at men cashed and that was it. Jeez. And, uh, cause the guys just refused to, uh, go forward on the weekend. And I had a four of six in the four forty four that actually cashed for eight hundred dollars. There so, you go. Yeah, weird. Well, yeah, my, weird my, shit, man. My five of six lineup, and it was a five of six because of Matt Kuchar. That was the only miscut. Um, it actually did better than one of my six of sixes. So, it's yeah. so weird, man. It's like the, the last two weeks have been very strange for as small as the fields are. Just the chalk getting absolutely slaughtered, which I enjoy. So, so that leads us straight into. The memorial, yes, the memorial that was pure chalk. And congrats to some of our Slack chat guys. They had some huge weeks. Joe Rogers, our line eye buddy, Dire Works. Some guys did some really good stuff. Kevin had another big week over there. Uh, a lot going on in the Slack chat. So the guys are doing well, and uh, we're cranking up. We got the RBC this weekend. We got the Open next week. Like you said, the memorial just took place, and Patrick Cantley took it down. He played some great golf. Uh, he was a course history guy. He was the kind of other chalk outside of Kuchar. And that's kind of why it went downhill for me is when he took off on Sunday, those six of six lineups didn't have him. The five of six did, but not the six of six. And it just drowned me because of how popular he was. But what's your thoughts on Cantley? Because he played great golf. We knew it was coming and he got it done. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was, he's been trending that way for a while, obviously. So not a big surprise at all whatsoever for me to see him, you know, shoot 64 on Sunday and, more or less run away with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, he's, he's just been playing really solid, good golf recently. So totally not, you know, I mean, you could kind of see it coming with the, the course history and stuff like that. Um, of course I thought Cooch would be that guy, but yeah. what a weird fucking week that was. Do we, do we even want to talk about Cooch or trying to get his ball fixed on the, on Thursday? <laughs> 
Uh, well, it wasn't his ball. It was just trying well, to get it, relief from. Didn't you want to get relief from the mark? Yeah, he was trying to get a relief from a, a ball mark in the middle of the fairway. It was really odd to see the balls plugging like they were and then not playing lift clean in place. They got a bunch of rain up in Columbus, and uh, they didn't play any lift clean lift clean in place. I watched a bunch of golf this weekend, and uh, you know, just about every uh, uh, shot that hit the fairway was was making a pretty good ball mark. His ball hits the fairway, kind of jumps back, and then rolls forward back into the same mark. I thought it was the same mark, anyways. Um, and then he tries, you know, to get several officials out there to get relief from it and they wouldn't let him drop it. He makes a par anyway, so it's not a huge deal, but then he goes on to miss the cut. I mean, the top two guys this past week, Justin Thomas and Matt Kuchar, Kuchar was 30%, Thomas almost 22%. Both of them just absolutely shit the bed. Finau, another guy, Rory, another guy, Keegan, for whatever reason, he was super high on, did not understand that at all whatsoever. Um, but it's just been like that for the last couple of weeks. It's just, this is just continues to be an odd fucking year. And I, the only thing I can think of is it's the new schedule. I mean, that's, I don't know what else it is, dude. I mean, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it could be, it could be guys playing kind of a different schedule for themselves. Like, like you're saying, uh, it's just weird. I, I, it, I think the carnage we've been seeing, and I could be totally wrong. It seems to be taking place more often at these, more shot maker type courses where it's making some of these guys get penalties and like making it difficult for them. I could be totally wrong. It's just what it feels like. It feels like, you know, the kind of lower end guys we don't talk about as much. They kind of hang around more because there's poking and prodding through the golf course where some of these big boys, the kind of chalkier guys are, are bombers and not saying they can't play short, but it feels like they're the ones that are getting in trouble more often than others. Obviously Kuchar was standing, but Kuchar does hit it farther than people think, but yeah, Kuchar was standing, um, it is. We're seeing more that it feels like. It could be totally wrong, but uh, it's been interesting on some of these weirder courses, shorter courses. Seeing a lot more carnage of late. Yeah, it's uh, it's odd to say the least. This has been one of the one of the weirdest years of uh, PGA DFS um, in general. But uh, but yeah, Cantlay gets it done. Adam Scott was in, up there in the top. Then Martin Keimer out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Strillman, who we talked about last week a little bit. Uh, Mark Big Leishman Sunday, was in the top top five. Hideki up there, Duffner, Spieth again, Spieth Tiger again. made a, a Sunday run. So it was a good golf tournament, man. I love watching yeah. that, just that golf tournament and that golf course. It's a fun golf course to watch. Yeah, I got to watch a good amount in the evenings on Thursday and Friday and watched a little bit off and on throughout the weekend. And uh, yeah, it was great listening to the Jack there uh, doing his thing. It, it, was, uh, it was a good tournament, really good tournament. And hopefully it continues to be a little more as we remember. But we'll move on to this year's RBC Canadian Open, and it's at a new golf course for compared to recent years. It's been here before. Why don't you give us some past event history on the RBC Canadian Open? Uh, yeah, so they have, they have moved this around a little bit. Um, Glenn Abbey was kind of the host for, well, there's host for the one, two, three, four consecutive years from 15 to 18, and then now they've moved it to this Hamilton Golf and Country Club, which has hosted it several times. Most recently in 2012, Scott Piercy was your champion at 17 under over Robert Garrigus and one William McGirt. Um, and it also, uh, it kind of more recently is, I mean, there's been, like I said, other times that it's it's hosted it, but for our purpose, I mean, 2007, uh, and, and Jim Furyk was the champion there. That was uh, his first of back-to-back. But, um, so, I mean, that's kind of your course history uh event history wise dj won last year vegas won the two years in a row prior to that jason day was a winner here tim clark 
South African feller. Uh, one in 2014, Brandon or Brant Snedeker was the 2013 champion. So, yeah, that's kind of it. It'll be interesting, interesting to see how it plays last year because we kind of got used to Glen Abbey. Uh, cool little setup. You know, they had the hockey rink on one of the par threes, and we knew the course pretty well. Um, going to Hamilton, it's been a while, and they've made some renovations. They've taken some trees out. It's not as tree line, but it's still pretty heavily tree line. It's a par 70, plays a little less than 7,000 yards. Um, the fairways are forgiving, like they're wide. They're not forgiving as in you can just hit it everywhere, but they're not like narrow, narrow tree line fairways. They're they have some room um, to get it in there, but at the same time, if you hit the rough, it's very penal. It's very thick, very tough, rough to get out of. Uh, there's chances of light rain on Thursday, but not a ton, so the, the moisture shouldn't be too bad. But you don't want to get in the rough. This is another one of those shot makers, accuracy off the tee, approach shot in courses. Lots of dog legs, lots of fairway bunkers they have to navigate to get to the greens that are smaller than normal greens. They're, they're, they're okay size. It's smaller than average on tour, and they're very slow, anywhere from about 10.5 to 11.5 on the stimp, which is slow for PGA standards, and they're POA with bent grass greens. So we're going to see a trend along with that, kind of your, your western, northwest type feel to the greens. But the big thing is um, stay in play, stay out of the rough, Accurate off the tee, less than driver course, shot makers course, pretty much the same thing I've said for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm gonna. That's one thing I'll be focusing on is guys that have been playing well of late, good iron guys, kind of similar player pools to recent weeks. Sadly, the player pool this week sucks, so it's gonna be a little different to get that same player pool. But that's the basis for Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Nothing crazy, but it'll be cool to see how it plays on TV as we haven't seen it in a while. Jesse, what are the key stats you'll be looking for this week? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> I've thought about this all day, man. I'm like, what, you know, I've, I've eventually landed on driving accuracy versus over distance. Um, just read some of uh, Josh Culp at Future Fantasies. Puts out a great article every week. I know you read it as well. Um, and there was just some quotes in there for some guys that basically, you know, you want to keep it in play. I've seen different, um, I mean, I've seen uh, pictures of the rough, uh I just feel like, you know, if that holds on to basically where everybody is like, oh, it's accuracy, 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 then I might go the other way. Now, I typically play three to four lineups a week, so I'll probably have what I've decided to probably do this week is concentrate like one accuracy guys off the tee. Uh, You know, obviously high greens and regulation, I always weight that pretty highly. Um, And then the other one would be just more bombers and just see if that works and see if that is a – contrarian way to go um, because we just don't know how this golf course is going to play. That's the one thing that sucks about new golf courses uh, on tour. Obviously this one's not brand new, but it, you know, they haven't played it since 2012. So not many people have played it. And then also too, this is one thing to remember. This is a week before the U S open um, guys tend to sometimes mail it in and head to that venue early. Um, and then also, you know, they just may not give a shit uh, and and miss the cut or withdrawal. So it's um, it's kind of a sketchy week. What about <laughs> I'm talking about guys missing the cut and heading out early? How cool was it while golf is still getting like wrapping up or just wrapped up at the Memorial? And there's Ricky, uh, Ricky, uh, Rory McIlroy at the the Toronto game on the big screen when he should have been playing golf. In you mean Ohio. JT? No, Rory was there too. 
Was he really? I didn't, I didn't see, see Rory. I didn't see JT. I saw Rory. He's on the. I just saw. I saw JT just Snapchatted that he was on the floor. That's um, what they might have been sitting close to each other, and probably. Yeah, it's, that's it's, where Rory yeah. was. I was just laughing. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, good for those guys. Um, JT but, being that high on last week was just wild to me. I didn't. I never thought everybody was going to jump on board like that. And if they would have, I would have completely jumped off. So, but either way, um, I mean, it's just one of those weeks where it's in a, it's a good week to just kind of scale back and, and just maybe wait for next week when we got pebble at least, or we know semi how it's going to play. Did you watch the women's U S open this week? No, I did not. I did not catch any of that. I heard it was good. I heard, um, you know, Hank Haney was right, but uh, that's all I heard. Totally getting off topic here, but that is going to be like if they do that the same way, if Fox does it the same way that they did the women's U.S. Open, they went com- completely commercial free from two o'clock till they ended. So like five straight hours, no commercials, just straight. I mean, ninety five percent of it was golf shots. They had their occasional, you know, interview, go off and talk about this, that, or the other. Which is um, fine if there's no commercials, right? Not <laughs> a huge deal, and that was kind of early on. But by the end of it, I mean, like, so my wife comes home at like six o'clock and I'm sitting there watching it. Um, because I was, man, I was enjoying watching that more than I was the Memorial because fucking CBS goes to commercial every five minutes or they want to interview somebody or whatever. So anyways, watching that, um, I actually left, went out to my neighbor's house for a second, came back and she's like, why did you, why did you leave this on? I was like, yeah, you can't turn it off. Can you, you can't turn it off, dude. It was awesome to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch. Like it was really, it was really fun. I've Let me tell you something, too. Nobody can make a golf course look worse than USGA. They're the worst, man. They're the freaking worst. And that's what I, – I'm bound to, that that they can't screw Pebble up. I'm praying to God they can't screw Pebble up. But we'll see. Well, surely. I mean, it's, it's going to depend a lot on rain, so we're going to need you to – Well, I'll be out there Tuesday at the practice round, and I'll be out there Sunday for the final round. So Tuesday's practice round, I'll be able to give you guys a – that'll be in the Slack chat. Come on down. I'll let yep. you know because I've already seen pictures recently from some other people I've gone out there about the rough, looking pretty. Pretty. It was kind of where I saw it at the pro am where they were kind of cutting things differently. Now they're growing it out. I'll be they able grew. to check that out. They grew. Yeah. We'll get into it more. Obviously, looks, we're completely. We're just. We're off in left field here, but what this tournament's all about. The pictures I saw, it looked like it was going to play really tough they grew up some some tall rough just off the fairway so. if you don't hit the fairway you're screwed it's gonna be interesting anyways all right so back to what are you what are you looking at for <laughs> yeah I'm looking at accuracy guys we're gonna look at fanshare sports real quick if you want to go to fanshare use promo code always press all underscore always press one word underscore gets a 25 percent off package deal over there gets you ready for the u.s open and much more they got great content over there we use them all the time for ownerships and other projections and, and whatnot over there. And the great tools at fanshearsports.com. Look at guys coming in in good form over their last six events. Even with the missed cut, Matt Kuchar leads the field in DraftKings points at 90 points on average in his last six outings. And then it goes DJ, Rory, Brooks. Um, I'm not counting guys that have one event, but Scott Piercy is averaging over 77. Henson, Lucas Beergard, and Graham McDowell. So kind of the who's who, but then some interesting ones down below when you take a peek at it. And then when you look at guys, I was trying to figure it out. So I, I usually go like past events here. Well, that doesn't really work. So I did past six events on bent with Poa, bent Poa greens, basically, to kind of get where we're at here. Leading the field in the last three times he's played on bent Poa, Brooks Kepka is averaging almost 115 DraftKings points. Patrick Cantley, who's not in this field, I don't think. So I don't know why they did that. 
Um, and then a bunch of names I've never heard of, like Tad Writings. Tad Writings is in this. He's playing well. There's a bunch of weird names with DJ. Um, yeah, the, their, their thing is a little messed up because that can't be right. Oh, because I'm an idiot. Apply filter. Did, did you know that? If you apply the filter, it works. Um, so leading the field in the last five events is DJ at 86. Brooks Kepka at 79, so that makes more sense. JT at 77. Brandon Harkins plays well on Poa. Kevin Tway, T-Dunks, Scott Langley, Jamie Holmes, Daniel Berger, and Rory McIlroy. That sounds more like the field we're playing in. Thank you, Bubba. All right, let's get this uh, this, this train wreck back on track here, Jesse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the DraftKings scoring. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show as much as we do right now. Uh, we got yeah. we got five guys over 10K, and this is going to be interesting because we'll talk strategy throughout this and towards the end. It's going to be tough to get stars and scrubs because the scrubs are like scrub scrubs. Like I'd probably put, rather play web.com players than what's going on down there. But um, we got DJ at 11.9, Brooks at 11.7, Rory at 11-2, Cooch at 10-5, JT at 10. And if anybody's missed it, Brooks Kepka has already come out and said this is the Canadian Open. It's like the Canadian Major. So uh, he's either just placating everybody or we know how Brooks goes. Just keep that in mind. But um, he's 11-7, DJ 11-9. Who do you got up top here, Jesse? Um, I mean, it's kind of like pick your poison. It, it, it's been obviously kind of a slaughter fest for me up in this range recently. Um. It's hard for me not to go back to Rory. DJ is, he's the class of the field. I mean, just if you look at his stats, they just are, he's hitting the ball so well, putting so well. He's got the full package. Um, he's our, he's also an RBC, he's sponsored yeah, by RBC. That's why he plays um, the Heritage now. That's right. So he um, will probably take this a little bit more seriously than maybe some others would. Um, I think there's merit in playing all five of these guys up top here. Um, It'll just be an ownership deal for me, but I, I I do like Rory. I don't think most people will be on him. And then, and after everybody got burnt by Cooch and JT last week, it'd be interesting to see their ownership. Um, obviously, both of them missed the cut. Two highest on guys last week could get them at the press ownership. So that that would be like a large field GPP play. Those two for me. Um, otherwise, I'll probably go with. I'll probably have a little bit of all five of these guys to be honest. With you. Yeah, no, they're all great plays. It's just a matter of finding what to pair with down below. And if you can make it work, then it's going to be great because you nailed it. DJ is the class of the field. Uh, Brooks, we've, I mentioned the whole open thing because he's making jokes about it because he does struggle in tournaments like this. Like he doesn't struggle, but he finishes like 20th. And that's not going to work for 11-7. So it's tough here. To, can he win? Of course. Like there's no question that I'm ready for him to win the open and three-peat it because you know how motivated he plays the three-peat of U.S. Open. That'd be insane to watch. But uh, for me, it's pretty simple. It's DJ at 11.9. If you're paying up, you're paying all the way to the cream of the crop. This guy, like you said, he's elite. Everything matches up here. He's the man. He's he's one of those bombers that can really play both styles really, really well. That's why he plays well at Pebble and plays well at, court, at, at the bomber courses. DJ plays it so well at 11.9. And then I'm going to Cooch at 10.5. I'm hoping that ownership's um, kind of lowered because of last week. It's Kucher, man. He's, it's his first miscut of the year. You know he can play great. He's an, also an RBC sponsor. At 10-5, I have no problem going back to Kucher. I'd like to use Justin Thomas. I, I, I don't know because he, he's using this. He wasn't even in this field till like, last Wednesday. He's, no, in, this, Friday. he's in Friday. Friday. He's in this to get more reps. So is that more reps for two days and then go to Pebble, or is that four rounds of reps? What does Justin Thomas want for reps? 
Yeah, that's and what I'm concerned about. The other thing about JT, man, he's been spraying his driver all over the place, and if the rough is as yeah. bad as people are saying, then um, he will probably not have a very good time around here. So yeah, Kucher would be the play over JT, but I can see playing them both for ownership reasons. Um, no, both no of them should be depressed. I and, and like you said before, it's not very comfortable to fit to do a stars and scrubs lineup or to get one of these guys in there and then have to dip down to low sevens. Um, so I can see the the chalky guys coming from the next two ranges we're going to talk about here and, and balance being the um, being the way of the the week for most people. No doubt about it. Let's get into that nine K range. Five guys. Webb Simpson at 97, Sergio at 95, Piercy 93, Stenson 91, Brandt at 9,000. There's a lot to like here. Uh, I'm afraid some of the chalk is stuff I like, but where are you starting here in the 9K range? Um, I, I think Webb is totally fine to play this week. Um, yeah, I'd never get him right, but I like so originally I had dri- driving distance weighted and no accuracy on fancy labs and then like I said, read up on Josh Culp stuff and read some of those quotes from those guys. And so I switched it around and then Webb went way up from where he was. Um, so I do like him. I think I, I like Piercy. Obviously he is the defending champion at this golf course. Um, and he's played really well of late. Uh, so don't mind him one bit. And then Sneds at 9,000, just looking over some course history stats, which four rounds, I mean, you know, not waiting it much, but he played pretty well. He hit it well around this golf course last time um, and just finished 34th, uh, but does have two straight top 20s on tour, including that 16th place there at the PGA Championship. So, um, Brant, uh, my two favorite, though, would be Webb and Scott Piercy. Yeah, we're a lot on the same page here. I really like Webb. Courses like this, yes, he can drive it a little bit, but he's not a bomber, but he's a really good you know, iron play approach guy, and his putter is so much better than it once was. So, uh, Webb at 97, I like a lot. I'm worried a lot of people might go there just to have a, a kind of upper echelon guy, but not go all the way to the top type guy. So Webb, I like a 97. Piercy, I like a 93 for everything you just said. And then the other guy I'm looking at is uh, Henrik Stenson at 91. He's still striking the ball so well. He can still hit his three-wood on courses like this and set him up beautifully. It's just putting it all together. And he had that one blow up in the third round of Memorial, still finished T37. Uh, he just hasn't put the consistent four rounds together. He's put like three good ones and then a what just happened type round. So I, I don't mind going back to him in a field like this at 9,100. I think a field that he can get get ramped up again for for Pebble. And I think he'll take it seriously because he hasn't really had that kind of Sunday sweat in a while that he wants to probably get under his belt before he goes back into a major championship. So for me, I like Stenson, uh, Webb, and Piercy quite a bit. Uh if I, I might have missed your thoughts on uh, on Sergio, if if you mentioned him, but you know, as bad as he's been playing, he's still an upper echelon guy, and of course, he doesn't have to bomb it, but he does have to stay in the fairway. I'm imagining he might be one of the lower owned guys here, or do you think I'm wrong? Yeah, I'd say you're probably right. I mean, his big issue at the PGA Championship where he missed the cut was he couldn't hit the fairways. Um, but before that, he had you know he was hitting basically sixty percent, which is decent and he's he was t4 there at uh wells fargo championship um basically just has missed the cut at the two major championships this year this is not a major so um yeah i don't mind him uh i'm not i probably won't be on him at at this point i I don't see myself playing any um but yeah from ownership standpoint i could see that all right let's drop into the ak range here we got bubba watson at 89 furick at 88 duffner at 87 Lowry at 86, Keegan at 85, Bud Colley at 84, 
Adam Hadwin, 83, Palmer, 82, Cook, 81, Lucas Beergard, 8,000, and Daniel Berger at $8,000. So there's a lot you can do here where you start out in the 8K range. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, it, once you get past Bubba, it's just like, what the fuck from here on out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bubba's interesting play to me. Like, I don't know why he's playing. Do you? Yeah, I was, I was surprised he was in this field. I, I am too. Surprised. Um, obviously missed the cut. He hasn't played since the PGA championship. Maybe that's why, uh, it's just another start for him or whatever. Um, it's just, it will, he like this golf course. Um, Poa greens kind of scares me from some of the quotes. The putting is not difficult. If you're above the hole or at, or pin high, you got to stay, keep it below the hole. So, um, his putting has been really strange recently just watching him. Um, I think for a GPP, like I'm leaning towards him, um, but I just don't know. It's just it's he's so strange. Other than that, um, I think I mean paying up for Furyk is uh, something else. It's all about the field. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't. I, I I think playing him in this field, I think is is fine at eight hundred dollars, just depending on your your lineup construction. Duffner at eighty seven. Um, hitting a shit ton of fairways, seventy five percent over his last twelve weeks, which or twelve six weeks, excuse me. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's good. Shane Lowry, man, eighty six hundred bucks. Did not realize he top ten at the PGA Championship, but he did. Before Quite that, he was he was third at the Heritage, and that was after three consecutive missed cuts. Um, big price for him here. Obviously, he was eighty seventy two hundred at the PGA Championship, so we got a big price hike, but he's pop, he's he's there on the model. Um, so I will play him. Then I'm going all the way down, skipping everybody else, and just I'm just going to say Daniel Berger because I've played him, I've played him, I've played him. Um, you know, he's his finishes have not been great. It's because he really just can't put four rounds together uh, consecutively um, to get like you know inside the top ten. Uh, but he's got that ability, and I think it's coming. Um, so I will play Daniel Berger a lot at $8,000. I had a feeling you'd be going to Berger, so no problem with that at all. Uh, Jim Furyk at 88, I, I can go to him. And then Duffner at 87, I imagine Duff will be chalky. Extremely chalky. Cause I don't know, man. Playing. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, because just because of that price bump, man. Could I mean, be. you know, 7400 last week, 7400 the week before that. I mean, that's a ginormous price. Like, I could be wrong 100%. He's yeah, not played here. $74 prices are much better fields. I really think that Bud Colley is your chalk. Coming off the, the good finish last week, you top 10 last week, um, and he finished fourth here in 2012. So I really think Bud Colley is your chalk in this range, but um, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but Duffner 87, I like a lot. I do like Colley. If he's chalk, I don't like Colley. I don't want chalk Colley ever. But eighty four hundred bucks is a, is a good play just for the fact that he, uh, he he's striking it well, coming in in good form. A lot of things we saw last week will will play over very well in this tournament. So I like that quite a bit. Then a couple other ones down here. If you need to find some cheaper guys, I don't mind taking shots on them. You're going to hear the narratives a lot. But Adam Hadwin, fellow Canadian, um, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's making cuts. T fifty two last week. T thirty at the PGA. You know, thirty eight to forty eight. So nothing crazy good. But he's getting through in a, in a lighter field. He can maybe you know creep into the top twenty there at eighty three hundred bucks. I don't hate that at all. Um, you mentioned Berger. The last one I'll mention here is Austin Cook. 
he was playing some really, really bad golf of late. He T9 at the Valspar, the Mystic Cut at the Valero, at the RBC, at the Byron Nelson, then a T19 at Charles Schwab and T27 last week. He played really well until a 76 on Saturday uh, this past week. So I don't mind him at 8,100 bucks. It's a guy we've seen creep up leaderboards and, and again, in a smaller field. I think with him, it's more about the driver gives him trouble. And the fact he doesn't have to hit the driver keeps him in play and keeps him out of trouble. So Cookie at 81, I don't hate either. So it, it's interesting. Like Furek, Duffner, Collie, Hadwin, Cook would be the kind of guys I'd be looking at. Duffner is my favorite in this in this uh, 8K range. But, uh, yeah, ownership will play a big part on how things go in the 8K area. Do you do you know what happened to Cook on Saturday? No, what happened? I put him in my showdown lineup. <laughs> I thought something else happened. That's funny. That's funny. That was it. Because he had really good rounds otherwise. Okay, then I'm going to give you my list of players from now on. Just don't put him in the showdowns at all. Just I'm let kidding. me know, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, all right, let's get to the 7K range. Who do you got 7,500 and above? Um, this is kind of where you just, you know, throw some darts here. Um, I do think Eric Van Royen missed the cut in Denmark, um, after the top 10 there at the PGA championship, uh, maybe it was some jet lag. I don't know. Cause he flew like directly over to the maiden Denmark open masters championship. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it I'm throwing that out. I'm, I, I I like him. I do think people will be on him though. I would. I'm looking at Alexander Norin though at 7,700 bucks. Um, made a bunch of cuts in a row now. Five straight cuts on tour. He's been over here. Seems like his game is coming around. I was just kind of watching PJ Birdies last week, and he was making a bunch of them. He made a bunch of eagles as well. Um, if he can just avoid the Big numbers. Um, I like him at seventy seven hundred bucks off as a pivot off of uh, Van Roy in there. Um, and two other plays. I mean, I'm not huge fans, but JB Holmes. I mean, seventy six hundred dollars for him. I guess it's because he finished fifteenth there in twenty twelve. But he's made. He, I mean, like his <laughs> since his win at the Genesis Open, which still blows my mind how he won that golf tournament. Miscut, miscut, miscut. 62nd, WD, miscut, miscut. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's I, <laughs> I mean, You know what you call that, Jesse? A GPP play. I mean, God bless. That is and I, awful. And I know I've been on him a couple times on those miscut rounds. Where it, seemed like it, it seemed like it set up beautifully, and then boom, goes the dynamite. So really just going off the 12th place finish here in 2012, I, you know, I don't know how much I'll play him, but I just want to throw that out there. And then Nick Watney, man, I mean – uh, if I could ever get him right, um, 22nd at Memorial last week, 8th at the Charles Schwab the week before. Uh, that was a miscut at Byron Nelson, but then 31st at the at the Wells Fargo. Um, totally different course at the Byron Nelson, so just kind of throw that out. Dick Watney at 7,500 would be a uh, a play for me. Yeah, I like the Norn call because it's one thing we talked about a lot last year. I don't think we talked a ton about it this year, but – when it comes to DraftKings, finishing position obviously isn't everything. We look for scoring. And you look at a guy like Alexander Norin, three of the last four weeks, he, fin- he had 72.5 or more DraftKings points, yet he never finished better than 28th, 28th, 35th, 41st. Even his 41st was 72.5 because he scores. Birdies, Eagles, like you said, he just finds a way to put bogeys and everything in play, but he scores unlike other guys. So 
you don't find a lot of guys that finish T41 with 72 and a half DraftKings points. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's something to that, like you're saying. He can get he can be a birdie maker. And as we know from past events here, it appears to get 1,700 and some other ones. Birdies can be had here. The conditions aren't going to be bad weather-wise. Like the, the scoring should play up here. So it's not a horrible call at all with Norin for a guy that even if he doesn't finish great, should put up some DraftKings points for you. Some other guys I like, Joaquin Neiman at 7,700, made a couple cuts in a row here. Uh, not here, but uh, of late. That could be an interesting play. Maybe he starts finding that form we've been looking for. Graham McDowell at 76. He's not sexy, but he loves these kind of shorter courses, kind of more shot maker, less than driver courses. Plays much better at those. But unlike Norn, not a big birdie guy. So Graham's did, more of a cash game than a uh, GPP type player. Did you know Graham McDowell is like second on the um, longest made cuts list on the no, tour now? No, I did not. So it's even more of a cash game play. Or is Fancher. that or is, or does that mean Fancher. he's going to be coming off soon? Uh, I don't know. So Fanshare tweeted this out an hour ago. Consecutive cuts made coming in the RBC Canadian. DJ is number one with 19 straight. McDowell's second with 11 straight. And then Stinson and KH Lee at seven straight. And then Piercy and Norton at six straight. Nice. What a, ter- okay. what a t- terrible field. <laughs> Talk about like the carnage that has ensued. I mean, nobody can oh, even get over. Corey, JT, Kuchar, like all these elite names. They've Woodland. Yep. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. But, uh, yeah, uh, and then a couple more outside of McDowell. Uh, again, not great plays, but played good on courses like this. It'd be Corey Connors at 75, Mackenzie Hughes at 75. Both coming in in okay form, nothing crazy. Mackenzie uh, at T8 at the Charles Schwab didn't play last week. And we look at Corey Connors, we know he won a couple weeks back. But at a T65 with Memorial, T31, T64 in his last three events. Nothing crazy there, but uh, could put up some numbers in their their mainland of Canada. But this whole area here is interesting. Like McDowell, Neiman, Norn, kind of the main focuses at 7,500 above. One guy I want to ask you about, we were all over him earlier this year. He's kind of struggled of late, but when it comes to iron play, he's been off, but when he's locked in, he's one of the best. And that's Sunjay M. At this price point, do you have any desire to play Sunjay? Man, he just tilts me to no end. Like when I play him, he's terrible. When I don't. I, I I can't. I don't know, yeah. man. He's had a he's had a really odd year. I mean, he had a good stretch there for a while, and now he's he's falling off. I don't know, man. Like uh, his my issue with him is just not hitting a whole hell of a lot of greens at this point. He's actually hitting it decent off the tee. Um, but I mean, I can see why you would play him. The upside is there, but he's played like every week since the Wells Fargo. Yeah. He takes very he takes very limited time off. Odd. So, uh, seventy four hundred and below. I'll give. I only have a couple here, so I'll get it out of the way quickly. KH yep. Lee was on my list. I, I liked him a lot last week. He fell apart with a seventy nine on Sunday. Otherwise, he was in contention going into it. So I liked him quite a bit. I, I don't mind him again this week. Cut maker with some upside. Uh, Danny Lee missed the cut last week, and I love him on short courses where he can play his irons. I think his ownership's gonna be super low. I got no problem. Going back to a Danny Lee, who had a T48, T36, the two previous weeks, um, you can take a chance on him. You know, at the RBC, a T41, Valero, a seventh, Valspar, a 54. So he he, he can make cuts and, and, can, and put up some numbers at these types of courses. Uh, and then a couple others, and literally I didn't want to do much more below this, but if you need to go lower, guys with upside and, and can play well, like Scott Stallings, Brian Gay at 7200 bucks. For me, it's pretty rough when you get down below here. But I'm curious, what do you like 7,400 and below? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll second that KH lead um, call there. I mean, he played really well until 
the weekend, obviously. And, um, but he even started really well on Saturday. Like he came out firing on Saturday and then fell apart. Uh, Trey Mullinax, another one at 7,300 bucks. Um, you know, another guy who I rarely ever get correct. So you may just want to fade him for me mentioning his name. Sebastian Munoz is high up on the list, uh, or up on my model on fantasy labs. Um, seventh place last week on the web.com tour, uh, 10th at the Byron Nelson and 38th at the Wells Fargo championship in his last two PGA starts. Um, those are his last three starts total, uh, three missed cuts before that, but, um, he's hopped the model. So the stats are there. Um, uh, Another guy, Peter Malnati, seventy one hundred bucks, um, two straight made cuts, finished seventeenth at the Memorial Tournament, uh, and then Taylor Gooch, um, he's just been been on and off. I mean, uh, missed the cut last week, two straight seventy sixes, um, but you know it could be a good bounce back week for him. I think he's Canadian, isn't he? That's a great question. I can find out real quick by clicking on his name here on DraftKings. It usually tells you. No, he he's American. The United States of America. He is America. That's what he is. Not even, not even fucking close. Do you know the last time a uh, um, Canadian won this tournament? Yes. No. What's the answer? Sixty-five years ago. Well, no time better than this year. I'm just kidding. Another guy who I'll be just be rooting for. I don't know if I, I don't think I would play him, but he did finish fourth here. In 2012 is Josh Teeter. I was wondering to mention him. Seven thousand yeah. dollars. Um, did make the cut to Charles Schwab. I'm playing a little so better. I hope he. Uh, hope he can do well this week. Yeah, that'd be a good one. We're all pulling for for Teeter. That's that's no question there. All right, if you're going stars and scrubs, Jesse, we're gonna have to go down below here. Mm-hmm. And there's this a couple. There's a couple I can okay put in there, but not like recent weeks where I'm pretty confident in one or two. It's dicey. What do you like down here? Uh, I start at 6,900. Zach Susher. Sucker. Susher. Let's go with Susher. Susher. Um, second place finish last week at the uh, Rex Hospital Open there on the web. Did miss the cut in Knoxville Open, but he's made two straight cuts on tour, which was the Byron Nelson and the Wells Fargo. Um, so at 6,900 bucks, very interesting there. Tyler Duncan, you mentioned him earlier in your fan share stuff. Uh, coming off a fifth place finish to the Byron Nelson, which was his last start. Shit ton of missed cuts this year. Uh, but that's what you get when you're down here in the $6,000 range. Uh, Jim Noose. Noose. Yep. Uh, did we ever figure out how to pronounce his name? I'm going with Noose. Noose. Uh, missed the cut at the Byron Nelson, but did finish 13th at the Wells Fargo. Um, decently high, high enough on the model for at least for the 6,000 range. And that is it for me yeah it's rough like these are just guys that i know that can contend it could be dicier than hell i'm pretty sure if you're playing guys in the 6k it's a gpp anyways you're not playing cash down here but some guys you know made you know recent cuts in the 40s with upside like david lingworth at 6900 bucks we've seen a pedigree there it's not great at times but he at least gives us something um hank laboidia the bod at 6700 a guy we've, we've played a couple times Missed the cut at the Byron Nelson, but prior to that, T50, a 17th at the Valero. He made about five cuts in a row with a little bit of upside there, so I don't hate that on a course like this. Um, my boy at 6,400, Julian Etulan. He's not going to contend for you, but he makes cuts. That's about all I can tell you. Like, if you're looking for a guy that's going to contend from down here, it's probably not Etulan, but if you need a guy to make a cut to get through a 66 
it could be him. Uh, the Boz, Dominic Bazelli at 63, another guy we've seen contend, especially in weaker fields. T70 at the Schwab, missed two cuts. T39 at Punta Cana, missed some cuts. T25 at Puerto Rico, shitty fields. There you go. Um, the last few guys here, these are just wings and prayers down below. I don't have a David Lipsky like last week that I really liked, but Chase Wright at 6200 bucks. Uh, he's make the, uh, made a couple straight cuts here. T72 at the Byron Nelson, T38 at Wells Fargo. Uh, and then two guys at 6K. If you want to go super stars and scrubs, uh, Seth Reeves at $6,000. You know, ball striker, nothing crazy, but a T63 at Byron Nelson. Missed two cuts, T18, then missed some cuts. Dicey, but does have upside. And then the last one is Martin Pillar at uh, 6K. I kind of like him more than Reeves, to tell you the truth. He missed the Byron Nelson and Wells Fargo, but then a T44, T25, T32 at the RSM. So on the weaker fields, he plays pretty well. Otherwise, it's ugly, and that's why he's $6,000. So grand scheme of things, Jesse, don't go down there. That's all I'm going to say. It's ugly. Those are just the guys, if you have to take crap shoots. I, personally, I wouldn't go below Bazelli for me, but uh, those are guys if you want to go super punts that are down there. All right, let's recap it real quick. You got five guys in the 10K and above. If you have to pick just one not named Dustin Johnson, who are you taking? Uh, I'll go with Rory. I'll just stick to my guns. Okay, I'm going to go Cooch. 9K area, give me one guy. Uh, I guess it's Webb. Yeah, I like Webb a lot. I'll go Stenson to give it a little different taste. But those would be – I'm going to try to start a lineup with those two and see where it takes me. It might not be pretty, but I'm going to check it out. Uh, 8K range, give me two. Lowry and Berger. Duffner and – Bud Colley, but if Bud Colley's chalky, I'm going to pivot to Adam Hadwin. I'll tell you that right now. I have a this is kind of that gut feeling with Hadwin. Don't know why, just a feeling with him this week. He's a Canadian. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's a Canuck, so uh, he's a local boy. He's been playing well. He likes those kind of shorter courses. We've seen him play really well at those kind of fields. I wouldn't be shocked if he put together at least you know a T20 type week. So seven uh, K range. Give me about three guys you're looking at here. Uh, Norin. Van Ruyen and Munoz. I love the Van Ruyen and Noren call. I love those a lot. To give three different ones, though, to make it a little different, I'll go Graham McDowell, K.H. Lee, and Corey Connors. Those would be the three guys I'd be looking at. Those guys should all be in the 6Ks. Um, 6K range, give me one guy. Zach Susher. Susher. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to go Such Dave. A- yeah. I'm gonna say Sucher because it's S U H S U C H E R, so that's such. What about Sucker? No, I think it's such Sucher. I'm gonna go with Sucher. I'm going with Zach Sucher. Sucher. And then my guy would be David Lingmurth at 6,900 bucks. That's the guy I'll be going with. All right, this seems like a GPP week in general, Jesse. But if you got to start a lineup with three guys, who are you starting it with? For for GPPs, correct? Yes, GPP. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to get. You know, like we talked about earlier, I think Cooch, hopefully his ownership is suppressed. Um, could be totally wrong about that, but I would imagine it's got to be, especially in lower dollar GPPs. Um, so don't mind starting with Cooch. And then uh, uh, Norin, excuse me, and Lowry. I like that. I, I'm going to do Collie, Norin, and Hughes, kind of a core GPP play, see where it goes from there. If you're starting cash, what are three guys you'd like to start a cash lineup with? I don't endorse playing cash. But if you're playing cash, uh, 
I think Nick, Nick Watney is is semi cash viable at seventy five hundred. Um, it's just such a rough week. And then Stinson and Stinson and Webb. Stinson and Webb. Yeah, I got Webb, Furick, and Graham McDowell. It'd be three guys I'd start a cash lineup with. I like the uh, McDowell call, but I'm feeling. They also it. said in their tweet that this tweet has been the kiss of death. So. Well, that's just outstanding for Dustin Johnson <laughs> and Graham McDowell. So you know, obviously, no, we're just going to pretend. The grand scheme of things, it has no bearing on it. But us as gamblers, we have so many fucking superstitious, superstitious. Yes, very, very superstitious. Speaking of gambling, who do you have winning this thing? Um, the odds are horrible. <laughs> what's what's Webb's odds? Webb was the first guy I wrote down because he's twenty to one. I think that's respectable in this field. <laughs> really yeah, do. I mean. Canley was twenty to one last week, and he was touted everywhere. Yeah, what about Berger? The Bergs, Daniel Berger is sixty six to one. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, the problem is like there's nobody really down low there who's trending towards a win. But then again, you know, I mean, that's why you could only get Cantlay at twenty to one last week. So, you know. Yeah, like you can get JB at one twenty five. He's the kind of guy that boomer busted type deal. Yeah, I mean, obviously that you know he's a winner already this year on tour that yeah, played goal. well here last time. I could I could make a case for him for sure at one hundred and twenty five to one. So wouldn't mind that. But his fucking form coming in is just something awful. Yeah, he needs to change the color of his glove. Um, yeah, I got Webb at twenty to one, Duffner at fifty to one, Sunjay at eighty to one. Just because I think he can pop sometime, but. The other guy I just noticed when we were scrolling around that's interesting to me is Henrik's thirty-three to one. Yeah, Stinson I could see at thirty-three to one taking a little piece of that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird week. It's have fun. It's golf for another week, but the big week's next week, Jesse. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. We're gonna record on Sunday night. We're uh, working on locking down a third voice for the podcast to give you guys a little more info on it. Like I said, I don't know if we were recording or not. I thought we were. Um, yeah, we were. I'll be out there next Tuesday for the practice round, so I'll give you more information. We'll talk about it this Sunday. But, Jesse, any final thoughts on this week before the major? Not a lot. Uh, we still have YouTube up. Um, so if you're if you're a video person, you can still go to YouTube.com and uh, Google always press DFS and watch us on there if you prefer to do so instead of just listening to us talk yeah. all this dumb shit. Um, again, it's a great week not to go like super hard. I would not play any cash this week. I mean, if you're ballsy enough to, you can figure something out with it. You know, I get it. Um, I would just, it's, it's going to be like, there's going to be some weird stuff happen. I, I can almost guarantee you on Thursday and Friday. Yep. It's going to be a wild one, but we're here to, to, to make it happen. So if you have any questions throughout the week, join us in the uh, FSD Slack chat. It's free. Send Jesse and I a DM or whatever with your email or DM the at fantasy DJ's Twitter handle and we'll take care of you, get you in. There's tons and tons of fun. But until then, Jesse, you can find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the podcast at always press DFS. And I'm at BD Intric. A rating and review on iTunes would be much appreciated. But this was the 2019 Canadian Open preview. Catch you guys later. Oh, baby,